Welcome to another episode of Talking Upstream. Uh, I have uh, noise uh, canceling headphones. Do do you know about these things? Uh, this, this they new cancel technology? noise. Yeah, but they also make noise, which is stupid. <laughs> like who 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 tells me what noise I want or don't want? If you can only hear one sound from your headphones, it cancels out all the noise, so I guess that counts. Oh, all right. Well, that's fair. Okay. Anyway, uh, we are some nobodies. My name is Zach, and this is Dylan over here to my left or right, depending on how you're watching this. Uh, and we are content creators. We are uh, a, a bunch of weird people that get together to just make up ideas that we think are funny. We call the show Talking Upstream because what we're trying to do is talk ourselves up to a streaming service, such as Paramount Plus, where they have all the weird uh, Star Trek stuff, or Roku, where they have, I don't know. Roku has an original streaming service. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Jeez. they also Roku just bought Quibi, so they're going to pop out some like uh, short short formats. So mm. I also uh, make bad decisions with my money. We have that in common. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like one time you had that extra five billion dollars hanging on. You're like, I should yeah. buy like a streaming service. Anyway, uh, we don't do this alone. We have a bunch of people. If you heard any of our shows like Silicon Angels, uh, we have a roster of friends that come and help us out. If you've seen uh, our real boys, we work with a bunch of other people. But on Talking Upstream, we have uh, some creative guests that really help us uh, and teach us how to make other shows. So, uh, Dylan, my friend. Yes. How are you? I'm okay. It's a weird week. Yeah. It's always a weird week nowadays. Everything seems to be just in flux. So Yeah, it's always kind of weird. And like, yeah. should it get back to normal? What's normal? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? How are you? Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. It, it might have been a week. I have no idea. I'm living in some weird limbo world. Where yeah. like sometimes it snows. Sometimes it's beautiful. I feel you. Uh, but we have a great guest today. Uh, do you want to pretty please introduce our guest for the week? Yeah, so this week we are joined by author Tiffany Mosher. M Mosher, she'll correct me. She'll correct me when she comes up, just like uh, everybody Mosher. does. Mosher, I had it right the first time. Uh, she's a volunteer. She and um, kind of a all around just good person. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. Uh, but I'm gonna let her introduce the uh, contents of her work right now. Let's bring her on. Hello, Hi guys. <laughs> I forgot my nose or my noise canceling headphones. I'm oh. sorry about oh. that. No, it's okay. Don't wear them. They freak everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Oh, doing great. Now, Tiffany Mosher, right? Mosher? Mosher. Yeah. Mosher. See, I told you, Dylan. That's great. I didn't get uh, it right on either of the three times I tried it. <laughs> uh, so Tiffany is, uh, she's an author. She wrote an amazing book that I'm uh, reading right now. It's called Beauty Beyond the Threshold. Now, uh, Tiffany, do you want to tell people who's watching or listening what this book is about? Sure. It's a memoir. It's about my personal story about how I worked through and overcame depression and anxiety through pushing myself out of my comfort zone and traveling solo to volunteer in disaster response projects internationally. So I use that as a kind of a cool, unique way to 
find and discover myself when I felt kind of lost and without purpose in life. No, that's it's amazing. And like I was telling Dylan before we recorded, like I'm I'm plowing through this book. It's mm -hmm. a it's a really impressive book. Uh to have like a book that's solely based on someone struggling with themselves on how to be a good person and what that actually means. It's it's a really uh impressive feat. And uh I'm surprised that you didn't just turn it into a podcast <laughs> like me and Dylan would have. Yeah. Uh, but no, so when starting the process, like what what was it about this book that made you want to write it? I had for years struggled with depression for many years. And as I started to travel and volunteer and gradually, you know, my mindset shifted and I was becoming more confident and my self-esteem was increasing. Naturally, the people around me noticed this change in a good way. So every time I would come back from these trips from, from Puerto Rico or North Carolina, Nepal, Mexico, they would say, wow, like you're, you're so inspiring. Look at the good that these things are doing for you. Like you should tell more people about this because this is really cool. And I thought to myself, you know, I don't know if writing a book is if I can do that, you know, that's that's way out of my comfort zone. Way, way, way. Because for me, academic writing came so much easier. I was in the middle of getting my master's degree that I can do research all day. But creative writing, I was it was scary. And but I found through the process, you know, I decided this is something I want to help inspire people because I know for so long I felt I was alone in my struggles. And I realize now that I'm not. So if I can help someone else understand that and give kind of a cool, unique way to help them come through that, why not? And so I decided to put pen to paper and found out through the process that I do have a creative writer in me. I just didn't know she was there. So that was a really cool part of it. So when when you decided that you were going to write a novel or write write a book, you know, um, there are a lot of different ways that you could go about this, a lot of different storytelling techniques. Uh, what was it about like this specific story that you're like, this is where it needs to be? Because uh, when I talked to you before, now I've met you on a different show, Talk Creative uh, with Maria Daniels, and you mentioned there were some things that you decided to not put in the book. So uh, do you want to talk a bit about the things that you like felt were important for the, like, the main story? You know, when I first started writing this book, I had no idea what direction it was going to go in because I didn't even know I was what I was doing. I just was, I felt like everything I thought would sound cool, like putting it all in the present tense and everybody follows along with me in the journey. And then I was like, nope, that doesn't work because it was all in the past. And, and I was really discouraged for a minute to, because I was just like, I just don't know how this is going to work. But I also realized, you know, it's okay to write things out of order because the book follows my journey, you know, from years ago to the present, but I wrote it basically from the present backwards. And, and that's how I was able to kind of find the way, the direction, the flow that felt right by putting it in the past tense, but giving my thoughts in the present. So you're kind of on the journey with me but knowing that it was something that happened in the past, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and then in writing, I had different parts of the book that, yeah, I wanted to include, but then I took out, you know, part of that being um, raising an autistic child and just more of my early life leading up to my depression times. But I felt like they didn't fit and flow well with the theme of the book. I felt like 
possibly writing about my journey as a as a parent of a child with special needs could be something that can come a little bit later um, in a different context because this book was about my personal journey and her autism did not contribute to my depression, if that makes sense. It wasn't anything that, you know, I was just being a mom. I was just doing what moms do. And I felt like that was, it just didn't flow well. And it wasn't something that was meant to be in this particular book. But it was fun to write. As I, as I, as I went through it, I learned, you know what, like this is a lot more fun and easier than I thought. And there were parts that were really hard to write. You know, revisiting the depression was was very difficult, but I found ways to to do that and to big dig out the emotions that I had been avoiding for so long by listening to music that I used to listen to back then on repeat. And that allowed me to kind of feel more. So it was, it was really fun process. So, I mean, you said, you've mentioned just like kind of a research background. What kind of made, do you find any major differences you really had to conquer to sit down and write something creative, even if it was based on real life? Like, do you have any sort of ritual that you went through to kind of get yourself in the mood for it? Yeah, it was really funny because my first draft was like absolute crap. <laughs> it was not really good. And the reason why was because was being a matter of fact academic writer, I was, you know, very matter of fact in my writing. So when it come to my travels, like I went here, I did this, this was great. And my editor was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you've got to give us the, you know, you've got to use your five senses. You need to place us where you were. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you feel? Is the sun shining? Do you feel the warmth in your skin? All these things matter. And I was like, oh, you know what? You're right. When I've read other books, that's true. And so how I would dive into that because it wasn't as natural for me was, you know, because I was based on travel, I had a lot of pictures. So I would go back and look at the pictures and write about that. Or I would listen to music, something that reminded me of that time and get myself into the mindset. It was, I had to use other aids versus just, you know, I had to use those visual aids and auditory aids to really help me get out of that academic mindset. And I noticed as a, a lot, when I would sit down to write, uh, the academic came so much easier and I would start writing that way. And then I'd have to switch, like turn that switch off and let the thoughts flow. But then I also noticed that when I was doing my master's thesis, I was making it creative. And then I had to turn, you know, it was, it was a, to do them both at the same time was a lot of work, but you know what? I did it. And that's all that matters. So when, like when, when you decided, okay, I'm going to put the, all of these things into a book, right? Did you do any like research on how to write a book or did you just start plotting out like your journey? Uh, yeah. What was like the, what was the conception of like, this has to be a book, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to talk on your process of actually putting it into a book? Sure. So I did it through a program called the Creators Institute, which is really, really great because it helps people like me who have, the thought or the desire to write a book, but we have absolutely no idea what the, the heck we're doing. So what we do is we sit down with kind of like uh, run like a college course, but it's not, you know, you're not paying to go to, to a school, but they, they helped us kind of along the way with showing us 
what second time authors wish they knew the first time around. So it was a lot about, you know, content creation, a lot about story structure, a lot of the different types of stories out there, you know, where you have your, your villain and this, or you have the, you know, overcoming something really, um, hard with the happy ending or the sad ending. There's all these different things. And I got very overwhelmed by all of that. I was like, I don't know how my personal story fits into all of this. So I took kind of different ideas because I don't have a villain. I have the overcoming hard thing, but I didn't have all this outside research to do because it was my story. It wasn't making up characters. It wasn't fiction. So I basically just started writing and I just wrote about the first thing that came to mind, which for me, I had just got back from Nepal. So I was like, Nepal's fresh in my mind. I'm just going to talk about Nepal. And I just wrote very matter of fact. But as I started to write and to think, what are people going to really want to read about? Then I thought about the different things that I did and and the different feelings I was experiencing and make those into a really cool, unique story and then tried to add some humor in there because normally I don't think I'm that funny. So I tried as hard as I could. And luckily I've heard on the backside, everybody said that they thought it was fun. Parts of it were really funny. So that worked out good. I didn't, I learned a lot about myself in the process, but it's just a lot of, you know, you don't have to write the book from page one, chapter one, all the way through, take bits and pieces take write about what feels comfortable at the time, what feels natural, and then go from there. A big underlying uh, like through plot of your book is um, helping people versus uh, the perspective of other people's lives and how they live versus, you know, how we live here. Um, what was it, was one of those two, you think more important to your journey? Was it the, the helping people or was it just, Wow, some people really, really have it bad. I think it's a little bit of both. What I learned for throughout that process was the main lesson of, wow, Tiffany, you take so much in your life for granted. And I learned, and I had to learn that harsh lesson by going somewhere and seeing these, you know, these people's lives have been completely uprooted by a hurricane, earthquake, what have you, and they have absolutely nothing you know, they've even lost, in some cases, their family members or friends, and yet they're resilient. They're, they're hopeful. They have, you know, smiles on their faces when they don't have hardly anything at all. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, here, I feel so inconvenienced with all of my amenities that I have here. And yet, they have nothing but they're happy and full of life and they're just happy to be alive. And it really taught me a lot about perspective of seeing the good in everything. And so through their resilience, I learned how to be resilient. And that was a really beautiful thing about it. A lot of people talk about when they are, are witnessing something that is uh, not very pretty, you know, like uh, uh, third world countries or people going through uh, different, um, you know, natural disasters. But you can always find people that have that story of the one thing they found that is just beautiful in a disaster. If you had to look back on your experiences, what was the one thing that stood out as like, this is still beautiful. This is still the world. Yes. Aside from that resilience that I found everywhere, it's 
it's that you have to see the perspective of what you're doing. So yes, the area is, there's so many people that need help. There's, there's houses for miles and miles and miles that are destroyed, you know, thousands of schools destroyed in, as in the case of Nepal, but you know, the, the, the mindset of, I may not be changing everyone's life for the better. I can't help everyone, but I can help save one life. And for me, the, the beauty in that was just in the interactions of the people I was able to help seeing, sensing their gratitude, their smiles, their, they're so happy we were there, uh, you know, tears in their eyes. That's the beautiful thing is, is that resilience that they have, the, just that hope. It, it's not, it doesn't come in anything material or physical to hold. It's just, it's their perspective that life is still beautiful despite this horrible tragedy that happened to me. And that's something that I learned to take back with me. It's, it's, you have to find the good in everything, no matter what. So if we can get back to your book for a second, um, when, you know, you, you had to do a little more research to learn how to, you know, write, a, I guess, a book and to make sure that it, it flows properly, it reads well and is entertaining. And I will say it's very entertaining. It, it reads very fast. Uh, it, it is it, it is funny. You are a funny person. The way you write is actually very entertaining. Um, but now that you have these skills, have you started like using those to create other things? Have like, are, are you now a creative person? I think so. <laughs> I find that I I approach things in a more creative way, like my my thoughts, um, you know, in, in tackling social media and learning all of that, you know, with my posts, I've learned to be a little more creative to try, you know, in, in outreaching to different people. And I've, I've learned, I've found like, I've got all these ideas in my mind about future books I may want to write. And I feel sometimes overwhelmed by all these ideas. Cause it's like, I don't know if I can do them all, but I, I got to write these things down. And I find that it's beautiful to, allow my thoughts to flow freely like that and creatively because some really good things can happen. And my, you know, something that I would like to do is to take the themes, the overall themes and concepts of my book that, you know, basically it's pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, how that can really help you, you know, volunteering and traveling may not be for everyone, but the concept of doing something a little bit different that terrifies you or intimidates you can help increase your confidence and self-esteem. I would like to take that and maybe create a, a book for young adults because that's something that I wish I had learned at a young age. I think I, I didn't learn it till my late thirties. If I had learned that as a teenager, I could have applied that in my mid twenties when I was struggling so much. So I want to try to help that generation as well. Speaking of leaving comfort zones, can you think of the like maybe the first time that you had really kind of stepped outside of yours, whether willingly or you had kind of had it like pushed on you? Um, it had to have been when I learned started learning how to play the guitar. So I was a musician my entire life. I played the piano and the clarinet and the alto sax in high school and all of that. And I, but the guitar was on my bucket list. It was something that I always wanted to learn. And so a few years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play this guitar. And I started taking lessons at a local music studio. And my teacher was like, okay, well, let's, um, let's go into some songwriting and singing. And I was like, uh, no, you know, no, because I, I can't sing and I can't write songs. So this is, you know, this is the creative in me was not, I didn't know her, but I didn't mm -hmm. know her yet. 
And uh, he's like, I know, let's just try it. Let's just do it. Just just start singing. And I was like, mm -mm, no, no, because you see everybody out there, they're going to hear me. <laughs> and that's not, I don't, we don't want that. They're going to laugh that, you know, the music store was full and he's like, just make up something. And I ended up making up a song about a little purple guitar pick that was sitting on the stand in front of me. And it was absolutely ridiculous. My voice yeah. was shaking. He's like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm like, I don't want to play louder. And, but I just decided, you know what? Fine. If I just do it, then he'll stop he'll just he'll mm -hmm. stop begging me on but then i did it and he was like well see it wasn't that bad because I, I let my voice go I, I made up this ridiculous song and i laughed at the end i thought it was funny i felt ridiculous but you know everybody out there was minding their own business they didn't hear if they heard they didn't care my teacher was smiling and i was like oh actually you know that actually wasn't as bad as i thought and i would go home and i would start playing the guitar and singing at home and letting my boy, and then gradually it was like, okay, well, maybe I'll I'll put a video on Facebook and see how that gets received. Because if, if if I put it out there for Facebook, then oh my goodness, then everybody's mm -hmm. gonna see it. And when I did that, I got a lot of positive feedback. You know, a lot of people saying, wow, you have a beautiful voice. Now, I, I still don't think I have a great voice, but to get that positive feedback, gave me confidence. It gave me self-esteem. And now, you know, if I'm sitting around a campfire and I want to play the guitar, I feel comfortable to do it. I wouldn't have learned that lesson though, if I hadn't taken, I could have just said, absolutely not, not doing it. And I would have never learned that first step of, wow, your confidence increases when you do something you really are afraid to do. And now it's like, now I'll put videos on Facebook and I don't mind. I'm not going to go sing it at open mic night. I'm not that, that, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, that ambitious, but it's nice to know that, you know, and then gradually I just started doing more things that were a little scary and everything turned out good after I did it. I was like, wow, like I feel empowered. I, 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 I feel good. This feels good. And so I started chasing that adrenaline and it's a good thing when you, when you do something that increases your confidence, self-esteem, keep doing it. Cause it's, it's a good thing for you. Would, would you say that that kind of led or contributed to you volunteering or was volunteering always something you had been interested in? I had done a lot of volunteer work locally in the community already, but it gave me the courage to step way out of my comfort zone and travel by myself because naturally I'm just a very introverted, shy person. And when I would travel I would rely on the other people to do the talking. I'm the one that's the fly on the wall at the party eating food over in the corner. That's where that's where I'm comfortable. If I'm traveling by myself though now, now I've got to do the talking. Now I've got to do the interactions. Oh, and let's throw construction work on on the list because, you know, I don't even know how to use a power drill, so let's just do all that. And it was very frightening and scary, but these other little times where I pushed myself out of my comfort zone, I was like, it turned out good. It turned out good. I had to have faith in that unknown that it was going to be a good thing in the end. That's why I named the book Beauty Beyond the Threshold. Mm -hmm. There is beauty. There is good when you step over that comfort zone threshold. You just have to have faith that it's there. Now, it. I saw that your book had an Indiegogo campaign and it looked like you had raised just over $6,000. Have you ever raised money on like an independent drive like that before or is this kind of another example of stepping past that and doing something you've never done that was and the first time yes mm -hmm. that was the first time and that was you know what that was really really nerve-wracking for me because asking for money 
in general is a very uncomfortable thing for me to do. And at the beginning, I had so much support. People knew I was writing the book. They wanted to support me. They bought a pre-sale copy. They were all excited, but I was still uh, still needing to meet my goal. So I had to go like slide in the DMs, which was really, really nerve wracking and really just like embarrassing almost. But you know, then people were like, okay, yeah, I'll support you. And then I ended up exceeding my goal and donating $1,000 to Aid Now, which is a organization that I'm on the board of here in Virginia Beach. So it worked out like really, really well. It was just so, it was very nerve wracking. But the good thing on that came out of it was, you know, I was able to, to raise the funds to self-publish my book. And a lot of people loved it. I got a lot of support. And that was, yeah, I don't want to ever do one of those again, though. <laughs> Just, yeah, uh, it's it's yeah, it's tough, but. Yeah, we started doing one for the movie they were making, and it was like, oh, cool. This just seems like not that big of a thing. But then once you really start asking people for money, especially during like a pandemic or anything, mm -hmm. you're like, ah. But but then to see people like actually believe in your art and believe in you was such a cool and inspiring thing. And um, yeah. Um, so what what is the next thing for Tiffany Mosier? What 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 is the next comfort zone? The next threshold that she's got to get past. Public speaking. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> right. I have an immense fear of public speaking, uh, but doing things like this, the podcast and talking to new individuals and, you know, doing Instagram lives with other authors and, and or having phone calls with fans of the book. You know, and it's really cool. I'm having a lot of new interactions with people when normally I didn't want to interact with anybody because I was just happy just by myself. And that's really cool. So like my ultimate goal, my goodness, would be to like be at like TED Talk level, you know, stand on that stage and inspire millions of people. But well, we got to start small, you know, so it's like doing this is helpful. I got approached to do a webinar for an international language studies program in India. And there was like a hundred students and faculty on the zoom. And I was so nervous, but I did it and I felt good. So I was like, okay, that's a form of public speaking. Sure. So it's like, I gradually will get to doing maybe standing in front of a small group of people and then expand it from there. But that's the thought of even standing in front of 10 people in person and talking is incredibly nerve wracking. So that's, that's the next big one. So when the the concept for you know for your story to get put into a book when a story hits me uh for some reason I see it as like a movie sometimes as a comic book uh because I guess you saw it as a book would make me think that you are a reader now do you have any inspirations as far as other authors or things that you really dive into I love to read travel logs which is you know that's what kind of my book was a lot about my travels I like to read about other people's journeys and you know memoirs are like my favorite thing to read and there is this one book called the yellow envelope by kim dinan which was kind of my inspiration you know she she and her boyfriend like they just travel the world and do all these different things and they're and helping people along the way and i was like wow that's so inspiring you know part of me feels like i haven't seen enough of the world quite yet. So I kind of see the world through the eyes of these authors through their books. And so it was really cool to get a chance to write 
a story like that when it's something that I've loved reading for so many years. Now, are you trying to put together more like travel uh, things to, so you can put together a second book? Or is the second book more uh, going to be based around uh, things you've already experienced? I would love to travel more. I don't know when I'll be able to travel more, but I would love to travel more. It's kind of hard to predict where I would want to go because, you know, natural disasters are something you can't predict. And I feel like... I, you know, whenever I travel, I want to travel with a purpose. I, I enjoy traveling and volunteering. I sometimes get questioned, you know, why that's not vacation. You're supposed to go and relax and, 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 you know, sit on the beach and do all these things. And I'm like, yeah, and that's great. And I've done that and that's fun. And I love to do that. But there's something about seeing the world through a different lens. And that's what volunteering gives you the opportunity to do. But I don't know where I'll be traveling next. So for now, you know, the, the main ideas that are coming to me as far as a book, the next book would be, would be a fictional book geared towards young adults, but with the themes of the book, because mental health is something that's so important. We need to talk about these days and especially for, for teens in a in social media age and things are so just crazy right now and just in general. And I would love to be able to help in any way that I can inspire that age group as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, so when putting together your second book, is there some quick tips that you've learned uh, while, you know, kind of fumbling around the first time uh, that you will definitely put into, into motion on the second one? I, you know, writing things down when you get the idea when it pops in your head. When I was writing the first one, I made the mistake so many times and I don't know why I didn't learn the first, second, third, seventh time, but I would come up with an idea. I'd be driving, I would be sleeping, wake up in the middle of the night or something. And I would be like, oh, I need to, I should, that sounds like a great sentence or a good quote I could slide in the book or something. And I'll, you know, I'll get into it later. And then I would forget, or, you know, I would go to write and I would be like, oh, what was that? Mm. And it would, you know, so I've been, you know, jotting things down. If I think of a cool name for a character, write it down right away. Or if I'm out somewhere, I'll put it in the little notes section on my phone. It's just something that, and I also learned there's a app called Otter AI and it's a voice, um, you know, it records your voice. And I found that maybe halfway through the writing process. And so when, and it, and it uh, transcribes your voice to text. So if I was driving or if I was somewhere where I didn't have pen and paper or computer, I would just talk into this voice app about the idea that I had for a paragraph or a story or something. And then it would translate it to text and then I could just email it to myself. And it, it was a way to get those ideas down with, you know, because for so long I was forgetting what I was wanting to do, you know? And it, so now I've learned, you know, and, and it's just, you know, write down whatever it is that comes to mind. You can always take stuff out later if you don't feel like you want to use it. But if it sounds cool, write it down, go with it, just go with it. And that's what I've learned. That's the best way to go about it. Yeah, I agree. I try mm -hmm. to text Dylan as much as possible whenever I have a stupid idea. Uh, but yeah, there's always those times of night. Yeah, there's those times of night where you're just laying in bed and you're like, this is such a good idea. I'm obviously going to remember this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And you wake up and you're like, Ugh, I really wish that I had done that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that's awful. Um, 
Okay, Miss Mosier, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We do have a show that we do. Uh, Dylan Terry, do you happen to have any more questions for our new friend? Um, I think we covered a lot of what I was wondering about. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Sort of pro process and how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. It's important stuff. All right. Excellent. Miss Mosier, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find your book or where they can find anything, including uh, uh, cooking recipes or your new songs or whatever it is you're putting out? <laughs> well, I do have a website, www.tiffanymosier.com. Um, my book is available on Amazon in ebook and paperback and soon to be hardcover if that's something that you like to have. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that $1 from every paperback sale now and hardcover when it comes out will be donated to charity because I wanted to give back to the organizations that helped me. And um, yeah, on Facebook, I guess I could start putting recipes or stuff like that. That would kind of add some creative content. Um, also on Instagram, I'm author Tiffany Mosier, Facebook Tiffany Mosier author. Yep, and we'll put links to all that in the show notes mm -hmm. under this. Oh, okay, so let's get into what we do yeah. here. Okay, so Miss Mosier, what we do is uh, we throw some original content at people that we like their creating process, and then <laughs> we create something with them. Um, and uh, what we're going to do this week, um, let's see. I had this idea. Um, I had this idea of like, uh, like a family, like a, uh, a, a parent and a child at a, at a carnival and they go to like a, uh, like a carnival fortune teller. And it turns out that, uh, the fortune, the, they get a really weird fortune reading and they find out that their lives are linked. And if one perishes the other perishes so the parent now is on a mission to live a very healthy uh very honest very good lifestyle while this preteen is just a normal teenager with a twitch account and is kind of doing some real crazy stuff because they want to live and the parent is like you don't understand if you do this i'll also die so uh the idea of um uh, like uh, a linkage of lives uh, through uh, a carnival fortune teller thing. So uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like the Zoltar. Kind of like a, yeah, like a new age Zolt Zoltar if he were on Twitch. Okay. God. So yeah, so that's my idea that I, <laughs> that I would like to explore and I don't it's have like, a It's like Dragonheart where the dragon and the kid have the same Oh heart. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Not dragons. We'll, we'll call it Carnival Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we don't call it that, but who knows? Yeah, okay. deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan, what do you got, boy? So, I've been watching a lot of stuff with magic in it, and some of that involves, like, wishes. Like, I've been, you know, like Netflix has a new fantasy series up there. So I've been reading again, so that's kind of nice. And I had this idea, just popped up. It's really simple, so it's not going to take much time. It's a support group for people who found genies and made bad wishes. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what examples those bad wishes would be. Um, but it's it's they go they go it's like a you know ring of chairs. They have someone who facilitates a meeting. Um, it would probably because Zach and I have talked about doing similar style podcast to this, so it would be episodic, probably probably shorts. And it would be every week at the Bad Wish support group. 
my name is, you know, my name is John. And a few months ago, I made a wish that um, I could eat whatever I want. And now I have to be really careful about, like, maintaining a healthy diet or something like that. You know, stuff like that. Um, it's a really bad example, but that's why we're doing this as a group effort. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So support group for bad wishes. Oh, hey, what, I, what, I undersold that one, man. No, that's okay. But uh, a quick question though. If yeah. you did find a genie, what would your wish be? What would your first wish be? <laughs> oh man. Um, cause a lot of people would say like, oh, I'd wish for infinite wishes, but I don't think I would do that. I think I'd wish for infinite genies. Ooh. I mm, I don't think know, man. The, oh, I infinite, know. Infinite times three. Then you can't yeah. mess up. Uh probably that I could like honestly just shape shift because then you don't have to worry about like getting hurt or anything like that. It's just like, yeah, no. And um, what? It, I don't know. Wish wish one is to be able to shape shift. It's pr it's practical. I'm a practical guy. It's not that practical. <laughs> okay, okay, Miss Bozier, you have uh, the very weird challenge of yeah. choosing one of these two uh, aggressively odd. <laughs> we really brought it this week, didn't we? Wow. Seriously, after yeah. after four after forty seven episodes, we are really coming with some weird stuff now. I love it. In the I beginning, it was easy. Love both of these ideas. So this is going to be really hard to choose because there's so many different things you can do with both. Because mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, the carnival fortune teller, linked lives, there's so many things you can do that, that would that would be really hysterical, I think, because the the preteen, they're going to do just stupid stuff. Like, I mean, silly stuff. And then the parent, I'm thinking, has to be doing the same thing. So if they're doing those TikTok dance videos, <laughs> the parents kind of doing the same thing. Is that is that kind of the concept? I don't know if they have, if like their bodies are, are linked, but if, if something... Happens to one, if something happens to one, the other one is going to get hurt. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Something, something's linked somewhere. Something's linked somewhere. And then, you know, the magic, the bad wish support group that can go in so many, so many ways. And so many, <laughs> I, I almost have to say, I think that, I think that's the one to go with because I feel like that one's the one that you can just take in so many cool directions that could be in, made into shorts. I love the carnival fortune teller thing. I would love to revisit that at, at a later time. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Dylan is winning nonstop recently. Uh. Good job. Good job. Good job. Okay. So Tiffany Mosier, she has, uh, she has selected Dylan's uh, very weird idea of a uh, bad wish support group. So we're going to take the remaining amount of time and try to figure out whatever this concept is going to be. Um, before we do that, though, we do have some people we got to thank. Uh, number one, Pot TV, thank you very much for having us on here every single week. Uh, you give me an opportunity to talk to my very best friend, Dylan, because he will not respond uh, to my phone calls, but he will always click on links that I sent him. So that's great. Uh, oh, and I also yeah. get, uh, <laughs> and I also get the amazing ability to meet uh, awesome people and mm. very inspiring people like Miss Tiffany Mosher. Uh, please, please, please go check out her book, uh, Beauty Beyond the Threshold. It is an amazing tale uh, of how you. You can actually just take yourself and make other people better uh and it's it's very cool because uh, perspectively like you said like even though some hard things are happening to individuals somebody's life is 
way worse. And somebody could use the the very little bit of talent or skill that you have in such an amazing way. So thank you so much for not only writing the book, but really just spending your time and, and understanding humans, which is really what we're trying to do. It's just understand people and, you know, have a good time with them. So uh, other people we got to thank, though, real fast. We have uh, Scott Curtis with Behind the Bits. Uh, great award-winning podcaster, mm -hmm. interviews some amazing comedians. Uh, congratulations to him, by the way. He is a grandpa, so uh, he doesn't have any new episodes out this week, but please go check him out. You got Jeff Dwoskin uh, in the Dwoskin Show, live from Detroit. Awesome dude. You got Mick Manhattan over at Scene Snobs. Uh, the guy believes in us and puts on a lot of our shows, which is great. Uh, more importantly, Sarah Takachik and Tanya Sheck, our East Coast friends, and uh, listener app. If you're on Instagram and you are checking out Miss Tiffany Mosier's uh, <laughs> her her food recipes and her uh, her new athletic regimens, uh, then while you're there, go check out at the Greatest Podcast app. It is a really weird way of listening to podcasts because they put the words on the screen. Uh, they transcribe them for you, so in case you want to look at my jokes instead of listening to my stupid slurred speech, uh, that is the best place to do that. Um, okay, so Dylan Terry, yeah, a support group for bad. Is it is it only genie wishes? Is that what it is, or just bad wishes in general? Because in the magic realm, as you know, there are a lot of ways you can get wishes. Uh, you could have leprechaun wishes. Uh, you can get just maybe tooth fairy wishes. I'm not sure. Stars, if that's a shooting stars, shooting stars give you a wish. Yeah. So is this specifically uh, because of support groups and how um, you know sectioned off they are? Is this specifically for bad genies or just bad wishes? Yeah, let's make it for bad wishes. I think that gives you the uh, gives us the option of having some real uh, potentially goofy stuff that isn't limited to a single like yeah. genre. I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because you can have like you know the 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 girl that wishes on a star because that's such a girly thing to do, but you know her wish is this, you know, or the manly guy who makes a wish on I don't know a, the the water fountain i don't you know oh, you yeah. throw on the penny yeah. in the fountain oh, yeah, yeah. like that so it's like you can it could be really it would make it really cool and diverse i love it okay so uh the one thing that is consistent when it comes to support groups is uh the person in charge of that support group so i guess we got to figure out who that person is because that is leading the tone for all of this so I'm going to assume, like most support groups, this is going to be in the basement of a church on like a Wednesday <laughs> or some kind of a uh, town hall or something, right? Just, library. Yeah. Might as well just recycle all of our unpublished prior ideas. <laughs> where, where else are support groups? Yes. No, I like know. That's fair. VFW a rundown, Hall. A rundown Little Caesars in a strip mall. Yeah. CeCe's Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Food. That would, that would make it cool. All right. So it's inside of a of a, of a pizzeria. Uh, it's gonna be in the back of the, the back room of a pizzeria, uh, just for uh, food and uh, visual aesthetics. Yeah. Now, Dylan, who do you think is running this place? So not not, not the pizzeria, the support group. Right. We're not talking about Tony. Um, no, I. <laughs> it's either someone who sincerely wants to help. Or someone who made a bad wish themselves and got stuck doing this. And you find that out partway through where it's like, what do you mean you don't want to help us? What do you mean you're here because you made a bad wish? And he goes, well, what, what else was I going to do? Yeah. Something right, like so, that, maybe? Yeah, I say we merge those two. They want to help uh, because they did have a bad wish. Um, <laughs> all right, Tiffany, what is a bad wish that somebody would think 
to wish for first, and then turns out it is not a good wish. Um, because I think some people would say would like, say, "Oh God, they wish the ability to fly." Um, and you obviously they it turns out bad. They end up crashing into something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, I, I think, you, know, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good one because uh, a lot of people would think to fly first. But uh, what are the dynamics of flight? Like, how how do you work it? Uh, so uh, I'm into that. Like, if somebody's like, "I, I want to be able to fly," and they just hover. <laughs> and like, oh, well. I think it would, it would have to be, you know, what do you need to be able to fly? I mean, are, you can make it really goofy, like, okay, yeah, I asked to be able to fly, but then I've got these wings now attached to me, and they're <laughs> awkward and crazy, and I don't know what to do, and then and it just turns out really bad, you know, because... Now you just look silly. Everybody's staring. You're trying to navigate. Or is it like a superhero, like, you know, Iron Man could just pick up and go. But I think, um, you know, necessarily what's reality, you know, where you're going to, if it's normal people that are trying to just make wishes on just random everyday things like a penny in a fountain or a star, you're going to, that's normal. So you know, if you ask to, I wish I could fly all of a sudden, crap, I've got these wings. I've got feathers coming out of my, my, my sweater. I'm trying to hide them. What do I do? And then you've got to navigate trying to fly wherever you got to go. And you're tired. You don't know the directions. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that could go. How do you land? There's a lot of things no, that can go you just, wrong. You don't think of the practicality of it. So it's just really cold because you fly like, you know, higher up you go, it's really cold. Yeah. Or like you yeah. run into the bugs, you don't have a windshield. Yeah. Or you just yeah. get turned to a bird. You're like, oh, well, now I'm a bird. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. I can fly, but I'm no longer a human. <laughs> okay. So we have this person uh, that made a bad wish and they wish they could fly, which gave them uh, wings and hollow bones. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, because obviously the dynamics of just a human having wings would not allow them to fly anyway. So, uh, they now have hollow bones and they have wings and they are upset with life, uh, because of a very poor wish that they made in a water fountain. I mean, you can even that... take it a step further. It's like, they take on like the, um, you know, you want to fly. So they're kind of transforming into this you know, they're getting bird like features. So they're trying, they're just trying to crave worms as food. Like they're trying to, <laughs> you know, things that birds would naturally do wake up at the, you know, crack of dawn and, and normally they're a, they're a night owl. They want to sleep in and now they're awake with, before the sunrise, just like buzzing with energy. Like what the <laughs> heck is this? Like I'm turning, I'm really, you know what I mean? It's kind of something that's. Yeah. I like I like turning to a, a night owl and then uh, constantly like horking up those little pellets. <laughs> those, those owls always just like just uh, like yeah. Uh, okay, so we have uh, it is ran by a person that uh, wished to fly and is now slowly turning into a bird, uh, which I think is very very funny. And uh, what are some other bad wishes that we could put them into this uh, into this support group? The classic one I think of is someone wishes for a whole bunch of money and it gets teleported and like it gets taken from a bank illegally to them. Yeah. So maybe they have to like, they get to video chat in from their prison cell. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I told them it was from a genie and they told me that whether it was magic or not, I still wasn't allowed to rob the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So a video chat from prison. I like that. Cause somebody wished for money. 
um, you can do somebody wishing to be invisible, you know, because you've got people that want to spy on their ex or, you know, or something like that. And yeah. it can go, um, you know. I also think somebody might wish to have a family member back from the dead, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of what if somebody had like a wish, like you have one wish, like what would you wish for? And like, oh, I really just want to see my grandfather again, you know? And then there's this zombie that knocks on the door. So now he's just got like, <laughs> just, just this yeah. is always just this dead person. Just haunting thought. you constantly. Or, just haunting, or, constantly yeah. haunting you. Or it's just the body in the casket and they're like, wait, where is it? Well, I mean, you didn't ask for them to be here. So they have to like go dig him up. Yeah, like, oh, he's oh, or, he's alive. <laughs> or it's it's this person has some sort of grudge. I mean, you know, Grandpa might not have a grudge against you, but imagine if you brought back like you know someone who you felt like you know just, and they're just like you know back then you really made me mad. Yeah, and I have not been able to let that go in the afterlife, and now yeah. I'm gonna make pay. <laughs> you know, I like I that. Know. Like oh, I wish I could, I wish I could talk to my grandfather, and he's like <laughs> a real bad. Or, or grandpa, not the grudge thing. Grandpa was so happy and just bubbly on Earth, but over on the other side, they're just people are making him cranky. He's not yeah. happy over there, and so he brought that crankiness back, and he is letting you know how bad it is on the other side, or something like that. No, I love it. Okay, let's start working on the structure of what this is going to be. Uh, Dylan, earlier you said that you like it to be maybe like shorts. Now, did you see it as like um, like a t like like film, like a television short with actors? Did you see it as like a cartoony kind of a short? Uh, what what were you seeing this as? I could see it being visual in some way, but I think this would also benefit from being just an audio format. Um, because I don't know if visual gags would be like the really strong selling point to this. I mean, obviously turning into a bird and stuff, but I think the humor comes from how these wishes have affected these people. Yeah. So, okay. So let's just go down the aspect of making this into an audio format. Now, uh, audio formats, we, uh, have a little bit of experience in, and there's different ways of doing that. You obviously have, uh, to make this a show, you would need to have a reason that this, uh, audio recording exists, right? So it either is just in that room and nobody knows about it and you're just overhearing it, or it is part of the story. Uh, which one do you think is, uh, Tiffany, what, have you ever seen a show where, uh, I guess like The Office, where there is a camera that's in there and they do speak to the camera and there's a reason, whereas other shows like ER, you don't know there's a camera, you just watch uh, the thing. So which one do you think makes more sense for a comedic thing like this? I love the documentary feel, like The Office, because I think it's like you can just have, you know, because you can always have like people, if they know the cameras are there and they're, you know, they're sitting around and they're listening to the story and they're just like... You know, look at the camera like, really? You wish for that? Like, you know, they, you know yeah. the faces are what really makes, like, especially in the office. Like, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Is I love that mm -hmm. show. You know, so it's like some of that, the just the facial expressions of, are you, are they serious? Like, yeah. even though they're all there in normally support groups, we're all supporting each other. Sometimes you hear things that are just like, huh? And they're just going to kind of be taken up taken aback by some of the things they hear. That would be really cool. 
Yeah, I like that. So let's uh, let's do this as like a like a documentary style, uh, fake documentary style, um, where they know that they're being recorded, and they're they're okay with this for yeah. some reason, right? That's that's fine. Or so we like, have, and if it's just audio, sorry to interrupt, but if it's just audio that we're hearing and we're not seeing, is that what I'm guessing? We're not we're not seeing it on a screen. We're hearing it, so it could be that it's a documentary but they have like the documentary feel where they have the one-on-one -on -one interviews with other people aside from everyone else so you can hear their like different perspectives of like you know what i mean that kind of yeah thing. <laughs> we get some pov stuff yeah i like that okay so our main person who is uh this um uh, a, a, a person that got a wish from a fountain and wished to fly and uh, sprouted out wings and has hollow bones and is slowly turning into a bird to make sure that flight is possible. Now, somehow they hooked up with somebody that's making a documentary on this. And we have some other people in here, like a person who wished for their uh, deceased relative to be seen and now is back from the dead. We have somebody who wanted to be invisible and they're having aggressive hard times with that. Um, we also have somebody that wished for a lot of money and because of that, they inadvertently robbed a bank and now they're in prison. Uh, let's say that these are, what would you say? Like five to eight minute things. Is that oh, what yeah. you're thinking, Dylan? Yeah. I, I don't see this as being very long. It's just like, you know, we found this really interesting support group. So we're just here to get people's stories and it's just, their little testimonials intercut yeah. with like talking head moments. Yeah. I like that. So it'll be uh, a little bit of the full group put together and then talking about a concept. And then we probably uh, pair off with one person and then have a little bit of an interview with that person. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. How many episodes do you think uh, this <laughs> like what 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 kind of thing? Because if we're looking like five to eight minutes, we probably need to go over uh, at, at least 10 to 12 to 16 uh, people. Right. I think if if we can do one episode per like bad wish or something like that, yeah, we can do as many as we like. Um, I mean, ten. I don't know if going into it with like a prescribed number is necessary at this point, but yeah. Well, it you know, seems to me just... that if this is if this is a documentary style, the way most okay, even yeah. fake documentary things work is there's like a reason for the episode, mm -hmm. and then you talk to a person that has to do with that episode. Yeah. So um, we have to go through a couple things uh, that people would normally go through in support groups, and then kind of break them off into the individuals. Um, so. What are some of our, like, I guess we should go over some of our just bad wishes just to kind of accumulate a bunch of things yeah. to see what, what can go wrong here. So what are some other bad wishes that you think people can, uh, let, I mean, cause kid, dude, kids probably wish for the weirdest stuff. Right. So, um, like if you give a kid mm -hmm. like a coin, it's like, Hey, go make a wish. And the kid's like, uh, I wish for the biggest pizza all on the planet. All the <laughs> candy. Yeah. Yeah. All the candy in the world. Oh, that'd be crazy. If you ask for all the candy in the world, they're they're a minor celebrity because everybody remembers when all the candy got teleported to the middle of Indiana or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> Fort Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne, yeah. Indiana got flooded by candy one day, like last year, because some kid wished for it. <laughs> um, when, when I was a kid, I I wished uh, to be Kevin Smith. Uh, I remember, I remember one time, like, oh, I just wish I was Kevin Smith. I want that life. That'd be weird to be able to like just to wish and like take over somebody's life. There, no, you become Kev so there are two of them now. Oh, there's 
I like that. Uh, what 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 would you think is a celebrity that somebody would wish to be? We should make it obtainable. You know, every every show has that like C B tier celebrity that shows up just because they're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, I wonder what. Oh, who was the actor? I wonder what Ben Savage is doing nowadays from Boy Meets World. Uh, gr- <laughs> after Girl Meets World, nothing. <laughs> oh, they did do Girl. Uh, it made such an impact that I completely forgot that existed. Yeah, um, I, I watched it. Oh, I know. Um, no, I, I like know. that because uh, I, I love Boy Meets World. And at one point, yeah, I probably okay. would have asked, at least to be like Eric Matthews. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> Dude, he's, the, he's the cool brother. I've seen your pictures from that era. You've got kind of the, the, Matt, the Boy Meets World hair. Hey. That's my life. <laughs> I used to watch. Hey, TGIF every Friday night. Oh yeah, yeah. you got yeah. to. You got yeah. to. Um, T- Tiffany, do you can you think of back to maybe some weird wishes that you had as a child? <laughs> I am trying to think. Um... Like I'm sure there's musicians out there that wish that they wrote like a Beatles song, you know, or like uh, let's see, what are some what are some other just weird wishes? Um, I know I wish that I was on a TV show. I know I wished that, you know, I, that wish why... I, be, I wish I could be on a, on a TV show and I would just pretend um, yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of along the theme of what we're talking about switching with a, being an actor. Um, is, is that the reason that the film crew is here? Cause I wish to be on a TV show. And so now this film crew is doing a study of this focus group. <laughs> oh, there you go. Ooh, yeah. Twist. That's cool. It's like uh, all of a sudden, apparently this is for Netflix. I didn't realize this, but there's a signed contract. <laughs> yeah, we have your signature here, and the facilitator is like, I don't re- – I do remember signing – oh, crap, I do remember signing I that. Do. That's weird. That's weird. Wow, I do have that memory. Huh. <laughs> I did wish to go to outer space. I wanted to be an astronaut. Like That was my – so I would like dream, like, you know, I wish I could go to the moon, you know, so it's like <laughs> – I like that. Uh, all right, Dylan, if you wish to go to outer space, how do you think that wish would work? Would you be in like a spacesuit? I could see there are a few ways, and it depends on how malicious the like wish grantor is. You're immediately teleported to like 200 miles up. No protection. <laughs> yeah, like you're just blinking, you're on the moon. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, <laughs> you are like put on a space station or like you, you, you know, you have the requisite kind of secondary wishes granted where you have a spacesuit and a knowledge to it. Or nothing happens because Earth is in space. But if you say like outer space, well, right? No, that's, I know, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but because outer space is different than what we are here, um, I like I like the idea of maybe just you get popped into like a space station, and you yeah. don't have like you don't have any knowledge of what to do up there or any equipment. You're just there and you're living there. <laughs> and you're floating. Yeah, and it's like. And everybody, don't touch that button. Don't touch that. Don't <laughs> touch some... it. You stay over there. But I can't because they're floating, <laughs> you know, and they're just like, yeah. They weren't accounting supplies for an extra person. So now they're stuck with this someone who has no idea what they're supposed to do in space. And they're like, yeah. hey, great. we got to babysit this person for another six months. Yeah, there's no way for them to get back home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, do we like the person who's running the support group to still be the bird person or would it be better for them to be the one who wished to be famous and now they just have this documentary following them everywhere oh, oh, so all of the people come to this support group because they hear this famous person is holding it there you go 
And who who and this famous person is actually the one who wished they could be the famous person. So they're so, attracted to it because so and so is, you know, I remember that was a an actor, my favorite show. And then there's it's for someone like me that made a bad wish. Cool. And that could be it. I love it. Okay, so they find out that there's this famous person that is running a support group for bad wishes, and they uh, are <laughs> uh, an exact replica of Ben Savage uh, from, from Boy Meets World. Um, that'd be crazy if you wish to be somebody famous, and then you just were another copy of them. Mm -hmm. And like you have like a birth certificate, you have their fingerprints. Uh, ah, that'd be weird. Okay, so we have all this going on, and then... Uh, because of this, that's what forces the show to happen. And we're going to go over a couple uh, like bigger concepts each week or whatever, each episode, and they kind of pair off into how that affects uh, the individual people, right? Is that how, is that what you're thinking, Dylan? I think so. I don't think it needs to be, they don't need, they're not, I don't, they're not supposed to be super long. So yeah, it's like, all right, so for this set, you know, this week, who wants to go first? And then the, the episode is just that one person's testimonial. And then you clump five or six of them together. You have an hour-long kind of, like, collection. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so the, the person that um, is invisible, they wish to be invisible, and now they're going through the struggles of being invisible. What do you think are like the, the, the biggest struggles of just being invisible? Like you're just not seen or heard. So you're, you're trying to, well, you're not seen. So you're, if you need to be somewhere, you know, you're, you have this meeting at work that you have to present and they can't see you, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's like the, the, the fate of the company is lying on your shoulders, you know, millions of dollars on the line and, or something like that, you know, like lives can be at stake or something really, really just outrageous and you yeah. are invisible and you're trying, you're, you know, wanting to be there or, I mean, that that's kind of too real worldish, but I'm trying to think of something kind of unique. Well, I, I actually kind of like the more real world things where it's um, like, say it's like, look, I, I did all my reports and I have it all here. And I was mm -hmm. like, it's just floating paper. And they go, look, Scott, you know that I'm right here. I wish to become invisible. Just get over it. And you go, why are these markers floating everywhere? And like you're just obviously talking to him. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I like having I like having real world problems with uh, yeah. with really crazy uh, wishes. So in in yeah. that someone tries to sit on an empty chair and they wind up trying, like almost sit on the guy's lap. It's like, well, hey, I'm here. I'm invisible. It's like, well, put yeah. a blanket down or something. It's like, well, this is always my seat. You know, I sit here. And it's like, well, <laughs> I didn't know you were here today. I guess you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's cool. Yeah. But it's All like, right. they, you know, or, you know, they start seeing things flying around and they just everybody freaks out because, you know, when you see something actually flying, you think ghost. Oh, my goodness. And and, you know, not, and there's it's got to be something just big, though. That's that's this is a huge, huge thing that if it doesn't get executed properly, then, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever that is. And that's something yeah. that's I mean, that happens in corporate america all the time you know so yeah, it'd be funny if like say our ex-president uh got got a chance to get a wish and he's like i just wish to be invisible <laughs> it's like oh god here we go <laughs> uh, okay so other ones that we have uh let's see if um i like the one about the person who wished to see like their 
uh, their their past relative as well. So, um, Dylan, is there any other one you want to go over first? Any more bad wishes? We've got about 10, 10 to 12 here. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> what, what do you want to work on next as far as do, do you want to give anybody any kind of story arcs? Uh, Tiffany, when writing your book, obviously a, a, a book has to have, um, you know, a flow. It's got to have a beginning, a middle and an end. When putting your book together, was it hard to kind of figure out where like those points were in your story? Not necessarily for me, because being a memoir, it was my life. And so it had to follow a timeline. And so it was easy for me to place it in the correct timeline. Um, so I think when applying to this, you know, I think, hmm, I would think that you would have to make it flow really well as far as, you know, you've got to bring everybody there for a reason, you know, so that first, the first bit, it's going to be, wow, you know, this actor, Ben Savage, like, you know, but then the very big plot twist at the end is that he's the one with the bad wish all along. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's going to be your big, whoa, what? You know, mind blown um, moment. So it was probably um, trying to pepper in the different stories, how they flow would be kind of neat to see if they could, you know, one could kind of integrate into the other, Yeah, and, you know. Uh, one thing that we do talk about with a lot of the creatives on here is the idea of like uh, when you're building a world that is a little you know, fantastic, like uh, a world where wishes exist or whatever, you have to have the idea of like the window character, which is the person that is the most relatable to the reader or the viewer to have them explain the rules to you. Uh, do you think that in a story like this, that's important? Or do you think that you could just kind of pop into this story and just have the listener or the reader or the viewer understand what's happening? I think that, I think having that person would be, would be interesting to have because you can kind of, if you're kind of seeing it through their perspective, because it is documentary type things, so it could be maybe the documentary is focusing on, them because they wish to be one of our people is we wish to be in a movie right or a tv show mm -hmm. so that wow. person could be the one that your window keeper so it's like you're you're kind of seeing it all unfold through their through their wish yeah i like anyway. that all right so that's going to be our window character and that's how we kind of learn a little bit of the rules of how this world works um you constantly I, have that character just be like you know, you do the talking head cut to, and they're the first time, and they're just like, "Oh, uh, I really didn't think this was going to be the style of TV show I was on." Um, like, and then I see them get a little more comfortable with it as it goes forward. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right, Dylan, what's the next thing we got to kind of work on here? We have a good uh, uh, rogues gallery now. We have a, a rough premise of why this show exists. Um, yeah. What are we going to work on? I think just getting some comedy bits for what these people will talk about and how these wishes have affected their lives. Cause I, I, I like, I like the idea of having story arc in this in some way. I think that's kind of, and I think it's important on some level, but I think the main content of this is going to be the humor that comes from these everyday situations that are affected by this wish granting. Yeah. 
how do we how do we hop into this? What what does what does episode one of this sound like? I mean, we keep comparing it to The Office. I'm trying to think of what the first episode of The Office started off as because I don't think the documentary crew introduced themselves in that, and it was only really later on that the crew themselves started showing up as characters, like in like the fifth season or something like that. That's when it gets bad. I stopped watching Brian. after Jim and Jim and Pam got married. I stopped watching after that. I was like, <laughs> I'm not interested in the rest of these people. That's all I yeah. needed. Um, yeah. And there was no way they were going to have that like fall apart. So I was like, the, the drama's lost. Um, I think I think we have the point of view character, the window character, just kind of be like, you know, you do the um, that thing where they're sitting in their car and they have that camera and it's like. So I'm about to go to the first meeting of this thing. Um, flyer showed up on my door unexpectedly. I don't know how someone knew I was looking for this, but um, they look in their they look behind their car and there's like a production van unloading equipment. And he goes, "I don't think all I think all these people existed before I made that wish. I hope my wish didn't just bring them into existence." Like we can get into a little bit of the like weirdness of what happens to the so this the main the main things. Yeah, the main person is the one who wished to be a celebrity, right? Is is that what it is? They and wish then, to, yeah, they wish to be on like a TV show or like yeah, something like that. So the then, celebrity uh, one is the host. Yeah, I like that. And then the TV show that popped into existence is just about their life while having this bad wish. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's or very or fun. it could be like the person you know their wish is to be on a TV show. That's their mm -hmm. wish. So it's like day one. It's like. <gasps> This is my TV mm -hmm. show. Here we go. They production told me we're going here. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be on this TV show. This is so exciting. And then they get in there and, you know, whoever, he, she, whoever it is, and they sit down and they're like, wait a minute. What is this? Because there's a bird. You know, there's this there's this guy over here that's just, you know, God, I don't know if his ghost is with him or what's going on. Or, you know, all these different people are just like in this melancholy. So, she, you know, they get this sense of like, OK, this is maybe some sort of intervention or some sort of what is this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then once they hear about these bad wishes, it's just kind of like they get this. I think as the story goes on, it's humorous, but these people's lives are so affected that this person's like, did I really make the right decision wishing to be in a TV show like this? You know, because what the heck is going on here? You know, it's kind of that feel maybe. Yeah, I no. like that. I like that a lot. I think, I think it's very funny if you wish to be on a TV show and then your TV show is a show about somebody <laughs> who makes a bad wish. You made your mistake. It's like, yeah. this guy made a mistake and we're going to follow him as he realizes it. Yeah, and let's follow yeah. him as he meets other people that made the same exact mistakes. Uh, I think that's really funny. Um, it's like a okay. gradual progression of that mindset. Like, mm -hmm. oh no. Like, well, yeah. what can I get myself into? Because all I'm just hearing is all this crazy you know and then they the character themselves eventually finds out like that they did a bad I, you know it's just constant bad wish after bad wish after bad wish mm -hmm. yeah i think that i think that's very funny um okay dylan so he goes to uh the, this person and uh who whomever they are they go to the support group or the whatever and they meet uh ben savage and they go through this right and is every episode in in this meeting, just this person talking to somebody else in the meeting while the support group is going on. I figured it would be 
someone has the spotlight and has to like explain their circumstances and other people can cut in, but it's like Jerry's holding the contract now. Hypothetically, metaphorically, Jerry's holding the contract now. So this is his time to talk. And I mean, everybody will have their spotlight, but I think each episode probably would focus on one person just to keep them as shorts and to keep them kind of, to keep the actual in episode just kind of solid on a thematic level. Now, do you want to give this main person, uh, do you want to give them some kind of arc at all? Or is it just them showing up every single day to, or every single whatever, whatever to the support group? Or are they actually going towards something? We could give them an arc. Um, an interesting one would be if they were the instrument of someone else's wish. Like, I'm thinking, I, the first thing that popped into my mind is that, like, it fosters some sort of relationship with someone in the group, and then they had made that wish, and he's like, and then you have that question of, like, is this authentic, or is this all a product of you wishing for it? And you're like, I think that's why we're here. <laughs> I, I don't like know that. if that's I don't know if that's too much for this concept for how we're kind of like Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to think of a way to give this person an arc and the only thing I could think of is that if they find out that somebody had made a wish that negates wishes and then they have to keep like trying to get to that or something. I'm not sure. What what were you what did you have? I think there's just a, a a search of a sense of belonging of needing to find people like like there's got to be other people out there that are in this situation, same mm -hmm. situation as me. And I don't want to feel so alone. That'll make it more human. Like mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and, and I'm Ben Savage. So I know I'll attract people cause I'm famous, but you know, this was just a, mm -hmm. ugh, like, I don't know what to do with all of this. I don't yeah. know how to handle the results of my, so that kind of, while it's comedic in a sense, it'll give it that kind of more emotional tie that yeah. we, we as the viewers or listeners can relate to like, yeah, that would be hard. And you want to feel like, you know, that there's others out there that are struggling with the same things you are, even though they're in these wild and crazy ways, but yeah. it's that same overall, we're not alone in this. Type yeah. So because of the wish, they have been a little bit ostracized with uh, society. Um, so they find their own community inside this uh, conglomerate of other bad wishers. Okay. And I'm into that. That's the nice, you know, wholesome feeling about it. You know, yes. they're, you know. You, we, you need the nice, wholesome good. feelings. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, so who who are some other people that we're going to kind of go into how bad their wishes are? So we were talking about episode count earlier, and I'm just going through all the ones we listed, and we have ten, including the host who can have his own episode mm -hmm. and the point of view character. So we can do ten episodes and just kind of assign each episode one of these wishes. I love it. Um, we can either try to do a progression where it kind of logically makes sense, or um. We can try and like my studio is freaking out. Yeah, your uh, yeah, your your office background, your office. Not it's not just a background. Your actual three dimensional space of an office is being weird. That's weird. Yeah, don't look yeah. at that. Cloth. Anyway, um, I figure we can either we can either order the episodes in a way where they kind of logically follow into each other, or it can just be like whoever shows up because we've got you know someone who turns into a bird. Someone who teleports a bunch. Someone we have. Someone who teleports money and someone who teleports candy. So those are two related ones. 
we've got someone who's kind of turning into a bird-like thing and someone who might have zombified their loved one, which are kind of really, you know, thematically similar. We've got... We have we have one invisible idea, and then so this is actually a funny relevant thing in a, a table in like a role playing game I've been playing. A friend of mine wished to be invisible, and it's like they applied too much science to it, and it's like, well, yeah, now the light doesn't hit your eyes right, so you can't see. It's like, oh, oh. Gosh. so you can do like a really hard invisibility, and you can do a nuisance invisibility where it's just like, I'm here, oh, and everybody get like jumps or yeah. Someone like yeah. that. Yeah, and I guess also I the like invisibilities that. is like, it, it, are you like see through, not see through, but like phase through? Like, can you just walk yeah. through walls invisible and you're just like a floating voice? Or because there's a lot. Of this. We've got a, we've got a, we've got a lot of, we got ten wishes, and not all of them are easy to link up with other ones, but we've got like two or three pairs. Yeah, that, would, that you can, we could, we could probably nestle so like they kind of mirror each other, like start and then you bookend it with a different one um yeah. like that. Yeah. okay so let's go into the one who wished for all the candy in the world okay right uh what 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 are the negative dynamics of that i mean if we're doing it where it teleports all the candy in the world to their location you're looking at like i don't know what the world poundage and <laughs> candy is yeah but I'm imagining it's probably like a square mile or so, maybe like right. three feet deep. So Tiffany, if you if you wish for all the candy in the world, where would it show up? On my front lawn. Just right in your front lawn. Yeah. Just towered high in your front lawn, just full of candy, <laughs> which means you're probably gonna have like a bunch of like bugs everywhere and it's gonna <laughs> melt if it's hot out. Yeah, then or if it's gonna melt. Yeah. yeah. All right, so this is kind of gross then. Uh, so the kid who wished for all the candy in the world, uh, maybe a, a year ago or something, because I like I like some of these things having taken effect a while ago. The, the cleanup uh, efforts are still ongoing. Yeah, yeah, and and it turned into be its own bit of a natural disaster uh, because like the sewers are clogged yeah. up with gum. Uh, you have just a absolute Traffic disaster. Has been stopped yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cars can't get through. Uh, the sugar has worn away, like the concrete. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, rodents. there's so much. Yeah, rodents. <laughs> Wildlife is yep. showing up with diabetes, and it's like we have never seen such a high <laughs> instance of diabetes in rats before. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so uh, yeah, this this person is uh, very very upset. Um, they obviously have cavities. They probably have, um, I don't know, all onset early diabetes, but more than likely the, the community is just upset with them for causing this catastrophe, yeah. uh, instantly. Right. Cause it's tons. It's gotta be tons yeah. of candy. Yeah. It shows up on a random Tuesday. <laughs> all right. What, what are some other ones we have? Um, the invisibility, the, okay. The, the money one. So if, if, yeah. if you did ask for, Okay, what what is a, a money wish? You would ask for what, like a billion dollars, or you wouldn't ask for all the money, right? You would ask for I think the uh, typical is a million dollars. Yeah, I wish for, so, I could have a million dollars. So you wish for a million dollars, and all right. So the the negative or the 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 most realistic thing that would come with that is that it comes from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, now, Dylan, where is that somewhere 
that would do the most damage would just be like the closest bank uh, that happens to have that amount of cash, which kind of causes like a mini. Uh... <laughs> it could. I mean, yeah, it literally could just be like, all right, uh, you know, the bank amount we just took, boop, and just transferred it directly into your account. Yeah. Or if they were, if if you want them to be a less sympathetic character, because it's like we've got someone teleporting candy, we've got someone teleporting money. It could be like. I wish that I had $1 in my bank account from every person in the world. And so that way it's harder to trace. And then they get caught on like tax evasion or something. And they're just a, they're just a jerk. Yeah. So I like that. Or I like, like saying, like, you're not as clever as you thought you were, man. Someone's going to notice that. Or you can do it like, okay, you wish for a million dollars. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see, an envelope comes in your mailbox and you open it up and like, what's this? And it's, here's the directions to your million dollars, but it's, it's, it's at this bank or these three banks use your assets wisely. And you have yeah. to figure out like, yeah. So that means breaking in and that means end up going to jail. Or, uh, which was or the original idea. there is the same thing as the candy, right? Which is say you at, you wish for a million dollars. So then it means just cash that is the closest in relation to you starts flying to you. So like if my neighbor happens to have $30 in cash and coins, it just, it comes to me. So it's just like, I'm going to try to beat you up to get their money back. Yeah. They're following their own money yeah. to me and they go, why, why is this happening? And I just have like just a bunch of coins and just crumpled dollar bills. Uh, just come. I, I like don't know. <laughs> uh, Del, what do you think is the best uh, money uh, wish here? I like, I really like it. Just pulling all just petty loose cash within a re- radius towards you. Yeah. Um, I think that works. And I think it's like, I, you know, his excuse is like, I never meant to steal it. I just wanted the money. It's like, sir, magical, whether it was magical or not, you still did it. Like, yeah. You know. And like a bunch of cops show up because everybody started calling the police on him. So he gets like multiple counts of just like petty larceny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. He's charged with like 10,000 counts of petty larceny. Yeah. It's like you stole $27 from like a half a billion people. Um, okay, cool. So we have that one. We have uh, the candy. Um, now, okay. The bird. So this is something that somebody would easily do. I wish for the ability to fly. Now, uh, yeah, they're obviously, uh, for a human to fly, they would need to be able to uh, offset gravity, right? So, which means they can't, they, they would need to be able to fly. So what do you think the best way is to become a bird? Or- I, I, like, I like your idea of them kind of like hybridizing it, like hollow bones, feathers and wings. Yeah. But they're still fundamentally like, human shape like human or humanoid yeah so i like that good well they're trying to hide they got to try to cover up you know they're noticing they're starting to grow feathers or these wings so it's like you know wearing a a big coat to cover it up because you're like what the heck's happening i don't know what's happening but like features start kind of changing and your appetite is slowly changing it was like it's not a quick progression it's a very slow awkward you know, and then you've got to like test the, like, how do I fly? So you're, you know, it's like the baby bird, you could jump in, you're going like this and it's ridiculous yeah. and you're, you know, trying to figure it out. And yeah, people are like, why do you eat, why do you have to eat worms then? They go, well, I need the most amount of protein for like lightweight. So uh, that's just what it is. I can't <laughs> start help that. building a nest in their house. Like <laughs> just random, like crazy stuff. What in the heck is happening? Yeah. I like that. Uh, there is that way or there's the other way, which, which is just gravity stops working for you completely. 
and just you're a normal person, no gravity. So you can fly, oh, you can do you can do everything. It's just gravity does not uh touch your body. So <laughs> aimlessly going everywhere. You the got person to control it. The person at the support group is turning into a part bird and they're like some guy in Sacramento wish he could fly and gravity doesn't apply to him now. Like, why didn't that happen to me? Yeah. And it's like, well, he wished on a wishing well. You used a genie and genies are kind of jerks, you know? Oh, yeah. I like that. The different style of wishes. Mm -hmm. All right. That, that's a good that's a good concept, though, because then we have to go through the different styles of wishes. And if any would be positive versus negative. Uh, what are Dylan in, in your uh, history of reading novels and sure. lore? What are the most devious ways to get a wish? Genie's the classic because genies are mean and they don't like being like chained up and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, then you've got, you know, stars, you know, falling stars don't have perspective. Wishing wells, take it literally. You can find a coin. Um, you could do, oh, what else is there? Water fountain penny, which... It's generally pretty innocuous. Like that one tends to be pretty family friendly because that's what you do at like Disney World. Yeah. Um, maybe that's just maybe the method of uh, fulfillment for that is just a bunch of guys in Disney suits show up and they just hand you them and they're like, "Here, your wish by Disney. Here you are." Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but you, Genie is definitely the most mean spirited one, like traditionally. Yeah, but how do you come across a genie these days? An antique uh, store. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you we go. Found a lamp in an antique store. Thrifting. Thrifting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was no. literally just cleaning this thing off <laughs> to sell on eBay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Dill, what do you think the last wish you uh, theoretically would have made is? Like, <sighs> just like in everyday life, you're like, ah, I wish, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've always had like, and we've done this story where it's like, I always wish that when I needed cash, I had the exact amount I needed in my pocket at that yeah, moment. That like, it's cool like, it's just, it would eliminate so much stress and it would make things so much easier. And if it's not fulfilled maliciously, it would, you know, be just a nice, just kind of like, all right, I'm, I'm set. I'm good to go. Yeah. Pay, pay with every pay with cash for everything. Uh, Tiffany, what would you say is a wish that has <laughs> no repercussions for me uh, i mean is there is there a wish that anybody could put out there that would have no repercussions no repercussions like there's no bad way to look at this maybe the a wish to be able to be like um to be able to um what's the word like teleport somewhere else very quickly so it's like you want to be I I so for me my if um, if you were to ask me what my major wish would be right now would be the ability to just snap my fingers and I could be four hours from here to where my son lives so I can visit my son without having to drive four hours I can just snap my fingers and be there so it's like cool. I feel like there's you know if you need to be somewhere and you're running late I mean I won't feel like that would have bad repercussions you know yeah. Okay, Dylan. Now yeah. give me a give me a bad repercussion when it comes to teleporting. <laughs> so I guess the first one that comes to my mind is uh, swapping, right? Like right. you could teleport there, but somebody has to take your spot, mm -hmm. which means now there's a stranger in your house that used to live four hours away. 
<laughs> oh, like it just it just swaps your location with the closest person to the destination. Yeah. It's like I want to be in France, <clears throat> and then somebody in France just inadvertently swaps oh, yeah. places with you. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, but just, I do I do like the teleport thing. That's pretty reasonable as yeah. far as like not going too dark goes. Yeah, um, I like that. I mean, obviously, just teleporting like your only your body, like no belongings, no clothing, no foreign whatever. Um, yeah, like that sort of thing. Um, it could be painful, like oh. you know, yeah. 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 It could just not. It could just not feel nice. Like yeah, yeah. Because I think it just doesn't you just get stuck in the the wall. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I guess there's a lot of people that if if given the idea of a of a wish, they would think to themselves. I mean, some people. Some people would obviously ask for money. Uh, but I think there's some people that would have the monkey claw. Uh, idea in their head and they go i need to be clever about this so i wonder what like the clever wishes are um being right, too well, specific could be its own form of being a drawback yeah being too specific yeah, yeah. that's true it's just too long the genie's like that's too long uh, no nah. five <laughs> you have a wish yeah you have a wish for five <laughs> words <laughs> ah awesome okay so if you want to see the progression of how this story is going to work out whatever we're going to name this thing you can always go to somenobodies.com and check out what me and dylan and uh, our friend tiffany moser are going to do with the story uh it might be an audio thing it might be a visual thing who knows we might just put on the back burner and work on something else for a little bit uh i'm a big fan of this i, I think this is a really funny story yeah. i like going through uh, the weird uh, downsides of of trying to uh, just make a wish, really. I think that's really funny. Um, but more importantly, Tiffany, thank you so much for spending any of your time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, the book, uh, you know, Beauty Beyond a Threshold, it, it's such a cool and interesting way to look at helping out people and the things you can get out of it. Uh, real quick, do you want to tell people one last time where they can find any of your stuff? Sure. So my website is www.tiffanymosier.com. You can also find the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, any place you can buy books, you can buy there online. And then on Instagram, I'm author Tiffany Mosier and on Facebook, Tiffany Mosier author. Yeah, check out this thing. Such a cool, interesting read. And what a way to like give back and also give something to yourself. So I'm very proud of you. Uh, I'm so, you know, once I met oh. you on the air show, I was like, I cannot wait to have you on this show. Uh, I really wanted to make sure that you got a chance to explore your creative side and, and keep going because I love your writing. I think the way that you write is very, uh, it's very impersonal. It really gets like, it's almost like you're talking to me and telling me a story. So uh, keep writing, keep doing some cool stuff. And we really appreciate you. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And to all our friends out there, thank you guys for paying attention to us once more. As you know, I love attention. And anybody who gives me any, they're my friend. And Dylan is my absolute best friend. So Dylan, thank you very much for being my friend. I appreciate you. You are a great, great person. And uh, you make my life better. So thank you for that. Nice and person. uh Pod TV, thank you very much for having us on here and giving us a chance to talk to some uh, amazing people like Tiffany uh, who do some really good stuff. We just make up stories. Uh, she actually is doing good things and putting great things out in the world. So please, please, please go check out Tiffany Mosher. And uh, Scott Curtis, Jeff uh, Dwoskin, Mick Manhattan, Tonya Sheck, uh, uh, Sarah Tkachuk, uh, all of Dylan's family. Elise, you are a beautiful human being. Uh, congratulations and everything. You're, you're perfect. Thank you. Uh, and everybody else, Thank you. I've been Zach. He's been Dylan. You've been great. See you next week. Bye. Right, bye, everyone. Take it easy out there.
Thank <laughs> you.